Oh, wait, you didn't count down. That's okay. Keep going. We can edit it out. The following podcast contains mature language and adult discussion. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, wait, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That guy is done for the night, finally. Jeez Louise. Oh, boy. Yeah, they got Mariachi Joe out there now. Oh, he's winking at him already. Well, he, he he has a strong disdain for the Padres, but I don't think him and Grisham Yeah, are. now he's going to show them some chin music, I'm sure. Woohoo, doggy, did you see that? Yeah, that was the first one. <laughs> Here he goes. I... We're watching the Dodgers-Padres on, uh, what is today, Wednesday night, the 13th. Dodgers are getting their asses kicked at the moment, but there's still, you know, three innings of baseball left for them to play. And it only takes one. Oh, did you see that sucker curve in? That was a strike. He called it a ball. Stupid umpire. Give me a jigsaw puzzle piece. That's the strike zone for some of these guys. He's wearing Oakley's. He reminds me of Ricky Vaughn a little bit. He's got the attitude. Yeah, he does. I want to see him go against Tatis or freaking Machado, but they're already seven down in the order. May not see them unless he just absolutely poo-poos the bed. Man. We're supposed to be recording, but we find ourselves watching this at bat. Oh, hurts my neck because a year, year in full view, I'm not, and I can't see the reflection good enough off your glasses. By goodness. Well, that was did a you walk. Him? Yeah, he did. That's not good. So right now you probably sound all muffled because your ear is in your microphone and your mouth is pointing away from it. Well, I was just going to say, I don't... Did I miss it? That looked like that was in the strike zone. It was to me. in the strike zone. Hey, those last two pitches were in the strike zone. Oh, now this smartass is gonna bunt. Oh, they got two on base. Yeah, they do. You guys are hurt. Yeah, we are. Well, we had the Dodger killer um, that we had to face today, Blake Snell, the guy that gave us fits in the World Series about three years ago. Ooh, that sucker went upstairs. Weird doggy. So, got Kelly versus Batten. Who's going to win this one? It's one and one. All right. So, are, are, are we going to talk about what we ate today? Well, I think we should talk about what we ate today. All right. We did not, we, we opted not to do it on the air. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. And, you know, you got to cook it, then you got to try it, then you got to pause, and then you got to start. It's, it, it, it's exhausting. Kind of. Well, I don't do the editing, but I'm sure the person that does, it's exhausting. <laughs> um, he, I, I got good word that, yeah, it is. And, uh, by the way, this is Two Loose Screws. I'm Chris at Sean. 
why don't you you, you okay do wait this. a minute wait a minute hold on so this podcast is only so long and there is three beers in front of you and uh why, why don't we just go with that <laughs> why don't you crack them because i mean your team's losing you may need that right now well i don't intend on drinking three beers i intend on sampling three beers well let's why don't we just sample that first and we can talk about the food oh well actually you you, you sampled that too yes you i talk did. about that all right so that we've got the the non-alcohol beverage right behind you because i can't reach it you could you reach want it. it i do this is a uh, it's a social media frenzy if you will you do explain what this is uh, I saw it, I don't know where I saw it, but I thought it was interesting. And I'm not a big tea drinker, um, especially like sweet tea or regular iced tea. That's just not my thing. I like hot tea, um, you know, go to the Chinese shop and I, I don't mind that. Oh, that stuff's great. Yes. I've had it many times on this podcast. But uh, as far as having like a sweet tea or just regular icy, that's not my thing. So anyway, um, I did try this, though, and I thought it was interesting. So I thought I'd make it for you. Um, it is literally a 20 ounce Sprite. You pour a little bit out and then you put two of the yellow tag Lipton's in the bottle. Screw it. Uh, screw the cap back on and just let it sit for like 20 minutes. Did I say how many you put in there? You put two in there. Okay, good. I don't so, know if you said it, but I knew you put two yeah, in you there. Put, you, you squeeze two of them in that little front. Anyway, you get two of them in there and uh, <laughs> turn, turn it upside down. and uh, You let it percolate. It's supposed to make a nice, refreshing tea-flavored lemon. It was very good. It was very refreshing. I enjoyed it. I'm going to finish it. Because, you know, I don't give myself sodas a lot, but this is a lowball glass. So, I mean, there probably should be an old-fashioned or something in there. But instead, we're using it for soda and tea. And I'm okay with that. We don't have to... Well, it's not that fancy of a glass it, it, or plastic. Yeah, but it's lowball. That is... It that, is intended. That's what I give my children. Ah, okay. So they do not break the glass. Ah, so you gave me that so I wouldn't break it. Fair enough. No, it's just because it was right there. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I can't tell you that I'm going to go out of my way and buy it. But if somebody has this, or if you ever made it again, I would drink it and enjoy it. It's very really? refreshing. Well, I, I don't drink it's soda. It's not that hard to make. I don't drink soda, though, so therefore I don't uh, buy soda. I okay. You know, I drink regular tea. You know, I drink, um, what else do I, I drink uh, those Pedialytes. Not not the ones that you give the, the babies, the ones that you buy like in the sports drink section. Oh, they've got oh yeah, they've got like next to no sugar. I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's better in a Gatorade because like Gatorade's packed with sugar and like the yeah. primes are good. And I'm talking about the hydration ones, not the energy ones. Um, they can be a little you know a little too sweet, even though they don't have a lot of sugar. But the Pedialytes are like on point. They're probably my favorite. Those and the electrolytes. There is a recipe that i once had for electrolytes i i had a friend who had diabetes need electrolytes because he couldn't absorb water through gastroparesis whatever whatever his the issue was water just went right through him but for some reason uh if you threw some electrolytes in there for some reason it helped yeah so i got this recipe from his wife 
and it makes an amazing drink, actually. It's pretty good. What is it? I want to say it's like a lemon and orange. Do you use Celtic salt? No. Do you know, I just learned that Celtic and Himalayan have the same amount of vitamins in it. I have Himalayan at the house, but I think I think we also have the Celtic. She bought the Celtic. I don't remember what happened to it. It may have been something she did for her like morning drink or whatever, because she used to do. She has water most of the time, but she had this stuff. It was like a powder. It was supposed oh, to be, it was a powder? Um, not the salt. Oh. Um, uh-oh. Dodgers are just getting hammered right now. My God. That's not good. Anyway, uh, it is. Um, it was a post-workout drink. And it tasted like watermelon. Not, not vitamins, minerals. It's minerals that the Celtic and Himalayan has. Yeah, but I think she would use the Celtic and she would add it to this drink. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe because we're in Arizona and you got to have salt to absorb the water. Otherwise, the water evaporates. So what I learned about Celtic salt is that if you take and put just a little bit on your tongue about maybe the size of a rice, piece of a rice, yeah, and let that just dissolve on your tongue before you drink water, that'll dissolve and then that will help bring those... 82 or 84, whatever it is, uh, minerals into your bloodstream. And supposedly that's supposed to really help you out because, you know, the food today doesn't have minerals in it. Well, let's let's preface that. The food that you buy in the United States of America. <laughs> right. Organic does have some to a certain extent, but it's still not what it used to be from like 1950s, you know, 1940s. Like that's when food was full of nutrients. Um, today, not so much. So I got a buddy. His wife is French, right? You remember Brent? Parlez-vous français? Simon. Although that might have been Mexican. I don't know what I just said. I think I just said like a, a Mexican slang version for like, I yeah. Thought, I thought you said something that would be equivalent to maybe the... Navy. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Jeez Louise, man. Anyway, (laughs) she's always talking about how the food here is trash. Mm -hmm. She's a nice lady, so it's not like she's making fun of it. She's like, the food food here is garbage. Yes. And he concurs because they go back and forth there quite a bit. They have a house there. Oh, wow. So he'll go out there and he'll spend, you know, a few weeks. Oh, I'm jealous. And when he's out there, he says he, you know, his physical wellness, like his probably feels a lot better because of the food. And like every, you know, and if you look at it on the surface, like, you know, I was telling him about our steak dinner, our date, as you would call it last week. Yeah. I was telling him about that. And he says, it sounds like you just made a steak the way that the Europeans do. Europeans don't have barbecues. They don't charcoal. They don't do anything. They cook it in a skillet with butter. That's it. Yeah. You know, you could add like fresh whatever to it, but like that's how you cook a steak in Europe. And then he went on to talk about the food. And he says, you know, and you hear it's cliche at this point. You hear it a bajillion times, but you look at 
you know, the back of any, even if it's an organic product, you look mm-hmm. at the label and you look at the ingredients and there are things in there that are not food. You can't pronounce them. They're additives and they're whatever flavorings, yeah. colorings. Well, it's insane. Uh, there was, there was a TikTok that compared like American tricks to you, what's over in like Europe, Russia, China, right. Japan, <laughs> Totally different. Totally different. And it's really sad. They only maybe had 10 ingredients where here we had like 25. Yeah. It's really, it's really disgusting. You, well, you want to know what the most popular marinara sauce is for spaghetti right now? Marginara? I don't know. Rouse. Who? Rouse. Oh, R-A-O. R-A-O. Have you seen what's on their ingredient list? Nope. There's like five things in there. Okay. Like tomatoes, uh, olive oil, onions, garlic, oregano, or whatever. Like It's the real deal. It's just what's in there. They put zero additives in there, allegedly. Now, they could be lying, but how would they have their license? Right. <laughs> anyway, that's the whole point that she was making is like she comes back. You know, when any of them, her family, you know, if, if her and Brent are, are overseas and they come back after a couple weeks, the first meal they eat, they get sick. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. Well, think of this. How is it that Italians, they eat pasta almost every freaking day over there? Mm-hmm. If you look at the Italian, they're, they're not they're not Americanized no, as far not, as size. Yeah, they're not overweight. They're not supersize me. Yeah. But they're sitting there eating pastas that are like, they're telling us here, oh, Stay away from carbs. Stay away from pastas. Well, okay. They live on carbs out there. That's exactly what they do in Europe. They live on carbs. And wine. Mm-hmm. And they do okay. And liqueur. So, uh, yeah. There's, there's, so what are we going to do about this? Well, I'm going to have a beer in a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to sample a beer in a minute. But, I mean, I'll put a, I'll put a bow on this topic is... One of the things that a lot of women suffer from is bloating, bloating and constipation. A lot of women suffer from that out here. Unfortunately, so do we. Ours just happens every day. (laughs) I don't know. I wake up and I think I'm just bloated. We're bloated, but I wouldn't want to say that I'm constipated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely not constipated. (laughs) But like you just, you know, you, you ask a woman like you feeling okay. Oh, no, I'm just, you know. If, if they're comfortable and they know you, like if it's a friend or a family member, it's like, I'm just, I'm feeling very bloaty today. That's one thing that there was an article out and, you know, Louise, you know, shared it with Brent, shared it with me. And like, it made a lot of sense. Like you don't have bloating and constipation issues overseas like you do here. I'm not saying that they're non-existent. I'm just saying that it's, the reason it is what it is here is because of the food. Our food is garbage. Yeah. Tastes great. Yeah. Well, that's all it's for. They just try and make it taste good. Yeah. It's food for, you know, us, like food is an experience. It's a pleasure. It's a comfort. It's, you know, like everything that we do, you know, kind of revolves around food. If you think about it. this podcast has kind of turned into that a little bit. It has a little bit. Yeah. We, you know, we, we sample things, excuse me, every week. We talk about other things, but there's food and drink there. Yeah, always. You know, when you have people over, 
where are you guys most of the time, you know, centered at? The table. What's on the table? Food. Food. You go to a movie theater. Back in the day, you would go to like a movie theater. You know, you have your popcorn, candy, Coke, whatever, and it was all flat. Well, now you go to a movie theater and they have waiters and waitresses. Yeah. And they bring you like meals. I'm kind of just getting sick of it myself, yeah. but yet when I get hungry, I'm like, okay, everything I just said yesterday, I, I, I take it back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm the same way. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's more than a fitness problem. You know, it, you know, fitness is important, but like, you know, if you're putting poison in your body all the time, I don't know. We went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, you know, it would be nice if there was someone out there that would stick up for us little people <laughs> and say to the corporations that they need to make a change. I see what you did there, and I'm not going to let you do it. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be nice. No, I mean, to compare ourselves to a foreign country right. um, when it comes to food, it would be nice to have a change made. That's all I'm saying. Well, you look at it, was it the FDA? Yeah. They're the ones who got to approve all this stuff. What are they approving? They're approving the money that gets shoved in their pocket. That's what it sounds like. So speaking of things probably not so great for you, I've got three very hearty beers in front of me okay. that I wanted to try. And so what do we got? So Not we, you. They have remastered the Boston Lager by Sam Adams. So What, what does that mean, remastered? I don't know. Um, didn't they already kind of master it and sell it? Yeah, it was great. I don't know why they, you know, I hope this isn't one of those Coca-Cola things. You remember where they went from Coca-Cola to Coke? Mm-hmm. New Coke and like it just absolutely the New tanked. Coke. Yeah. Yeah. And it tanked so bad they tried to erase it from the history books and they've gone back to the classic recipe. I don't know if that's what's going on here. I, like I said, I've got some glasses. I've got some beers. I'm just, I'm going to sample them. All right. So you got the remastered Boston Lager. Yeah. Remastered. I'm curious and what then, remastered. Uh, and then for some reason you have uh, Septemberfest. Yeah, the uh, Oktoberfest that came out in August. Hmm. Well, here was the cool thing about being a craft beer <laughs> fan for the last, you know, two decades. We would always look forward to Oktoberfest by Sam Adams, by some of these other brewers, big and small. So you can have your, your fall beers, but they would not release it until around the last week, September. That way it was on the shelves for October. 2020 came around and COVID hit, right? Mm. Remember everybody saying, you know what, as a reward, we're going to release all these things early. You know, Starbucks released their pumpkin spice in like freaking, really? you know, July or whatever it was. Yeah. All that I don't know, life was pretty normal for me because I kept going to work every day. Well, I worked every day and I was in an office myself, but I mean, I did a hybrid thing. I was also at home. And then eventually that company I worked for, they figured out, you know what, why are we paying for all these buildings and why are we paying for, you know, all the, the things that go along with that? We can just send people home. They can pay their own bills. We can save that money. The company I worked for did pretty much the same thing. With but, the office? Yeah, with the office personnel. But now they're telling them that they got to come back well, at least two to three days. I no longer work for the company that I did at the time, but they are now saying the same thing that you got to come back. And they're like, I don't think so, Scooter. And so then he kind of strong armed and he was like, it wasn't a question, you know, and he, he was being kind of a little bit of a pompous ass about it. 
And then I get it, though, because here's the thing, like if when you think about it, currently this week I'm doing some senior training stuff. And with that being said, I'm doing it where we're in front of a machine and bless you, John. Oh, John. All right. So <laughs> uh, I'm in front of a machine, hands-on learning, right? You just gave him a peek behind the curtain. They're, uh, oh, that. I am <laughs> Oz. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, anyway, there was, there was uh, uh, a comment that was made about going to our vendor which they're in California. And I, the problem is, is ever since COVID, they've been doing this online training where they actually just log in online and kind of do it through Teams. And I was like, you know, I'm a hands-on kind of guy. And not, not to say that I'm using that as my excuse to go to California for three weeks, but sure would be nice. Cause is I, that when you went up north? Yeah, up in Fresno. Yeah. Fresno? Is it Fresno? Well, that was San Fresno. Jose. Fre- Fresno? Fresno's up north. I think it is Fresno. So yeah, by, cent- well, it's by San Jose. Yeah, and it's like kind of in between like San Jose and... Okay, so you got the Bay yeah. Area. It's, yes. it's on the coast. And Santa you go, Cruz, San Francisco. Yeah, and you go south anyway. a little bit to San Jose, which is, you know... So like they're, they're over there. And yeah, but Fresno is like you got to take a left after you get to San Jose, and you got to go to the valley. Left, if you well, I fl- flew in the San Jose, and it was to the right. But yes, um, <clears throat> which I—that's when I went to the Winchester House. Oh man, did was, you get some boudins? That was awesome. Uh, yeah, I did. I went. I went to San Francisco twice to get boudins, and. There is no sourdough like theirs, in my opinion. That and uh, uh, horseradish. Oh my god! Throw the horseradish on boudins. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. So I'm way off topic already. We'll reel it in in a minute. Yeah. No, the thing was is about training that they've been doing this online thing where they're just like, well, log in the teams and then we can just go through everything online. And for me, I get bored. I don't have that attention span where I can sit there staring at a computer or even go through a manual unless I put my hands on the tool. I like I need my hands on the tool. So I don't know how this is going to go because we're expanding. We're getting a whole bunch of new stuff. And if they think that I'm just going to be able to do it online, I'm going to tell them no. If they're not willing to drive or fly me, I'll drive my butt up there. <laughs> well, with the one company I was talking about, same as you, it's like, you know, they're trying to get everybody to come back into the office is, you know, originally they were saying everybody back to the office full time. And they were like, no, I don't think so, because their lives have adjusted and they don't want to go back to that. So I think they are now settling on like a, you know, three at home to an office, which to me is fair. I think that is fair. The and thing is, is you get distracted at home. I mean, who's saying that? Are you really sitting in front of your computer the whole time or do you have the TV on or, you know, you have the luxury of your home and do people and I'm not trying to call out everybody who works from home, but are you really putting in an honest day's work 
I think that is that depends on the person. Because I, I know that I, I'll tell you that I, when I was home, because there were a couple times that I was home, I was not putting in an honest day's work. Because they were like, "Oh, you can work from home today," and it was it's pretty rare because of the job that I have that I can actually be at home, and I did not put in an honest day's pay. I was in a position where I was kind of forced to because I, my job was to make sure that everybody else was doing their job. But more, you know, more important beyond that is like, you know, everything that I do had a digital footprint because yeah. you literally have to ox yourself in to a status. What is what am I doing right now? Well, right now I'm in a meeting or right now I'm in the bathroom or right now I'm at a meal or right wow, now. Really? You have to like kind of everything. Yeah, you got to ox yourself. That's how they keep track of everything you're doing. Now, if they were to run an ox report and audit those things to see, okay, is he really doing what he's doing? They could. Wow. Like they they do they have cameras on too? We we were we were all told to have cameras, but the only time that we were required to turn our cameras on was for meetings. You know, we we weren't you know that invasive okay i know that some people they can they have it where they can remotely turn an employee's camera on just to make sure that everything's copacetic we did not do that and the company that i work for now i do not work from home i work in an office we don't do that either we're we're we give them cameras and they're required to turn them on for meetings and you know one of the things that you know for during the meetings they just want to make sure that it's a proper working environment sure they're not just like at a starbucks or something you know what i mean but yeah but with those fake backgrounds you could be (laughs) anywhere oh i'm at uh i've got dodger stadium as my background (laughs) i've got uh, the yellowstone as my background not not the park the actual ranch i've got that as my background for another one i've got uh another one that's a cartoon and i'm with beavis and butthead you know the the show, The Office, where yep. they're doing the interview and they're in that office and they got the blinds behind them. Right. I got that one. I got all kinds of fun ones. I have I have some serious fun with that. The other day, I thought I'd be a smartass. I put up a Christmas tree. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And the reason being is because one of the icebreakers that people were talking about is, they were, you know, what's our, you know, your favorite, you know, adult beverage. And a lot of people love Oktoberfest by Sam Adams. And because it's out right now, what you looking for? My dog. Uh oh. So the the damnedest thing just happened. Uh, as you guys heard, uh, you know, Sean was looking for something, and uh, we paused. You guys never hear that because I always do a very good, seamless job of kind of you know marrying the recordings together. But this time's a little bit different, Sean. I forgot what we were talking about. Because we got like 12 conversations going on. I forgot. I genuinely forgot, and I don't care to go back and remember. I don't know. At, at some point in time, we were talking about these beers that yeah. you were going to test. Beers, working from home. Oh, yeah. October we got off Fest. on a tangent about working from home. but Yeah, and then in 2020, they brought out Oktoberfest in July, and now they just do it every year because they figured out they can make money from it. But it's stupid because in... You know, in August, you're drinking a fall beer. And by the time that Thanksgiving rolls around, I still want to be in Oktoberfest mode, but they've got the winter beer going on. Hmm. And then by the time you feel like you you want to crave a winter beer, then you've got the spring. And it's just like, that's my one complaint about Sam Adams 
is that their 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 calendars need to be recalibrated. So anyway, I'm not going to try to remember what else, but I am going to try this beer. All right. I've got the remastered Boston Lager. I do have the Oktoberfest because, well, why not? And Guinness Draft now comes in a bottle. They always had that uh, that cool can that they nitrogenized. Well, now they have it in a bottle. I'm going to see how they did. So I'm curious with where's that Guinness bottled? Where is it bottled? Yeah. should be bottled in Dublin. Here, you want I you got your readers over there, pal? I grab them. All right, I'm gonna open this Boston Lager. I'm gonna give it a pour. It. I'm gonna give it a sample. You gave me, sir, a 16 pound bottle opener. Not even, cl- not even close. Okay, 13 pounds. All right, here we go. Straight, straight from the bottle. Enjoy chilled. Uh. Has to be Dublin. St. James Gate, Dublin, Ireland. Yeah. Draft stout. Nitrogenized for smoothness. How do you nitrogenize something in a bottle? What if the whole room's nitrogenized when they put the capping process on? Maybe. All right, I poured me about a two fingers pour. Let's see what we got here. Take a look. It is still the dark amber. I was afraid it was going to get a little lighter. It did not. I like not. girls named Amber. Oh, that's <laughs> not. You said dark amber. And I, <laughs> well, never mind. We'll just scratch that. <laughs> For the love of God, continue. <laughs> Do you know an amber? <laughs> yeah, she wasn't dark, though. It passes the smell test. It smells like a Boston lager. So let's, I don't yet know how they remastered it. I'm going to give it a sip here. I can't tell a difference. Still a good beer. I don't you know, know what I they think did. that would be hard because I think the only way you could really tell is if you had old against new. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, maybe it's a subtle difference. Hey, I'm going to teach you something cool with that Guinness. If that thing is truly nitrogenized, you should be able to dump it in that glass flat without having to worry about the head pulling over. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about that. Which, actually, there's something about that glass that we need to talk about. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about it, but that's probably... You want a, me to pour that now, or are you going to do your Oktoberfest? Uh, go ahead, pour it. I'll get the Oktoberfest going. But how many ounces is that bottle? It's 12. 12? 10, 16? Son of a if gun. it's a true Guinness, it should be 16. 11.2. That's not a true Guinness. And that glass is probably what a... That's a pint. So, yeah, it'll hold it. We'll find out a lot. Excuse me. While you're at it, you want to open this one? Oh, it's going to go over fucking hell i had to stop yeah they they put too much nitro in it you're gonna have to let that thing you know what we need you know those home kits for the chicks with their nails that they put their nails in we need one of those because supposedly you can put the glass in there on things that are nitrogenized and it kind of smooths it out i saw that trick on the tiktok yeah you only have to stop once but man, that's about a three fingers head skim. 
I'm going to let that thing settle. <laughs> that is a foamy Guinness right yeah, there, buddy. Yeah, that's a mustache you'll have if you go for that. All right. Sam Adams. Yeah, I am not going to dive into that Guinness yet. That thing needs to cool down. Here you go. All right, here we go. There's o- October and September. Oktoberfest. Here we go. Let's see here. That definitely passes the eye test. I got an idea. Oh, my goodness. It passes the smell test. Oh. How do you get rid of bubbles? You can put your finger in there. That's what she said. Are you burning away the head? All you're doing is heating up my Guinness. Supposed to serve that bad boy chill. He is literally standing over. A little bit. He he just took a blowtorch <laughs> to my Guinness. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you, you got go, a lad. smaller head now. <laughs> I torched it down for you. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> now you don't have to wait a half an hour or so. <laughs> Where's me lucky charms? <laughs> Your wife send me DMs? I'm not, I'm not going that route. Oh, my God. You got to warn somebody before you go into the Irish lad. <laughs> Two screws is supposed to be Scottish. Two screws, lad. That's Scottish, not Irish. No, I, that's why I didn't say anything about two screws. I was just, uh, you better drink some of that. You're, that, that it's completely going away now. That's okay. There's there, That's about where it should be. But, dude, I couldn't believe you just took a fucking blowtorch <laughs> and torched my beer. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that in Ireland. <laughs> okay, so it's not a, it's not a blowtorch. This is, uh, what the hell is it called? I'm dying. Um... Creme brulee heater, it, you yeah, it's for the kitchen, um, and I do use it for creme brulee. Um, it's also for removing bubbles on some stuff. <laughs> that Oktoberfest is exactly as I remember. It's fantastic. Yeah, tastes just like last year's October. Maybe it oh, is. Man. No, it's a Marzen style. I make Marzen. Excuse me while I burp. Begging your pardon. No, a Marzen you can do it in about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. They All probably right. they pasteurize theirs, so it can probably last a little bit longer. The one that I make, you know, you you got about thirty days <laughs> to drink it. Anyway. Okay, so this Guinness... It was, del- it was delicious. I'm going to hurt my feelings when i got to dump it down the drain. I can't... They're too heavy. With the meal that we had that we're going to talk about, and you also want to do something with an Oreo cookie, I hear. I mm-hmm. can't... I can't. No. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. All right, I'm going to try this Guinness. It's a little richer. Not little Richard, duh. A little richer. I don't think I like it. 
Really? It's not the same. I mean, it, it's close. You know what? You know what I wonder? Honestly. Yeah. You know what I wonder? What are you wondering? Is if you're Americanized. Hold that thought for a second. I would love to go to an Irish pub, and I That's have been. That's what I'm thinking. I've been to so Irish pubs you, in, here, in America. Here's the thing. Yeah, but then that's Irish water. Or that's American water, yeah. not Irish water. That is Irish water in glass, so it's not messed with. Well, the, A can, it's aluminum. Yeah, but well, the kegs that they bring in, those are bought, also packaged in Ireland, too. So, you know, yeah, because you're just mixing it then with nitrogen, I guess. Yeah, they don't it's it's not uh, they don't water it down. Because I've always heard that it's it tastes better in Ireland. I can see how it would. But because, you know, it, it's got to travel. It's got to be, you know, preserved to last, you know, a while. I would imagine the stuff that they have at the pubs over there. They they probably do give themselves a you know, a different I don't know you know what uh, I got a buddy who just spent a couple well, like six weeks over in Ireland hopefully I'll run into him soon if not I can send him a text and just ask him what his thoughts were because I know he's he went to quite a few pubs well what I wanted to do is like one of these days we're gonna hit the lottery or something it just it's gonna happen. You know, you have to believe in such things or they won't happen. Oh, so you're manifesting. I'm manifesting it. Gotcha. When we do, we're going to hit up the East Coast. East Coast. Yes. Northeast specific. Okay. I've been there. Yeah. I don't I know. I can care less about, you know, Virginia and the Carolinas. Like, I don't I don't. I don't know. I'd sure like to hit a Virginia Tech game. You just want to do it for the inner Sandman, huh? Sure. I really would. Well, I've been to Virginia Tech actually a few times. Um, Is it in Richmond? Because uh, if that's the case, it's closer to Tennessee than it is like D.C. You know, I don't remember. Let's look Dude, that it's up. it's been so long. I just remembered that there was a nasty snowstorm that was happening and they canceled my flight from Virginia back to Illinois. Was it at Richmond's airport or was it? At and like I ended up, I, I drove. Ah. I drove through the storm with a welder. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah. Did you, did you go the, the north side where you go through like West Virginia, Ohio and all yes. that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's looking up because now I'm curious. The funny thing was that that drive. Um, we Black, need Blacksburg. All right, where's that at? Blacksburg. Yeah, that, that. How close is that to Richmond? Let me let me pull it up. Where is Richmond? I say all that because, I mean, I've driven that way many a times. There's Charlotte. There's Roanoke. I think maybe it's Roanoke I'm thinking of. I think Roanoke of. is where I flew into. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, there's right, Lynch I digress. Lynchburg. 
Isn't that Lynchburg, Tennessee? Yeah, it's where Jack Daniels is bottled. What was I going to say? Did you know that it's in a county that's dry? That's what I heard. You can you can go there and you can watch it get bottled, but you ain't going to buy none at a bar. So weird. I can't believe dry county is still a thing. Actually. Do they know how much tax revenue they're missing out of? So Virginia Tech is not too far from Radford and Dublin's right next to it. So we can just go there. Well, here's what I want to do. This is why I said all that, because we find a hot girl and tell her she's done. Du- You're talking about for you. Dublin, my. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <Never. laughs> oh, <my>. You're turning <laughs> this into a totally different podcast. You're trying to turn this into your Tinder account. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> anyway, we got to hit up D.C. because it's D.C. That's one place I have not been is D.C. Been there a few times. I love D.C. Never been there. I like them a lot. But um, anywho, from there, I want to go find Philly. Been there. Got to have, I, I want to have both of them. Yes. And you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I want both. So, you know, it's funny because there's a place here called Famous Phillies. And it's, is it Mesa or Chandler? I don't know. But they're from Philly. And obviously they make their own cheesesteaks. And they always say that. Don't go to Gino's. Don't go to, um, no, I forgot the other one. That, the other one. Yeah, the other one, the original. That Those are commercialized, and it's you want to go to ones that are like in the streets, you know? Yeah. In the back roads and stuff, you know, where you can find the little mom and pop shops. Those are the ones that are amazing, supposedly. It but, makes sense, but here's my thing is why, oh, why? Do people still swear by them to this day? Because one person has that opinion who just happens to also sell the same product? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I still got to try. I, I mean, yeah, let's do, you know, we can go on a tour. We'll we'll go to Gino's. We'll go to the other one. And then we'll go find one that looks like a greasy spoon. You know what I mean? By God, did we finally get one on the board? Holy smokes, we finally got one run. Finally. It's like six to one now <laughs> in the ninth inning. So too little too late, but boys. But hey, you know, good for you for keeping it up. Anyway, that's why I care less about seeing the Liberty Bell. Pats. Pats. Pats, King of Steaks. Well, so Pats was the original, and Gino actually worked for Pat, and then they had a falling out. So Gino bought the land across the place, literally across the street. And then built his flashy orange and chrome cheesesteak shop, right? So it looks nice and flashy while Pat's looks like an old rundown house. But I'll tell you what, I I have my opinions. I, I It's funny because when I worked for this company where I, I flew out there, I did some work for DuPont and I had to go and get one of each because I needed to. To try yeah, it. You have to try them at the same time. Like, I want to... Yes. They're, like, across the street from one another, right? Literally. Yeah. Like, I want to buy one, walk across the street... Yes. Get the other, sit down... Yep. And, like, cut them in half. Take a bite, put it down, take a bite. Exactly. I did that. Did the same thing. Brought my boss. And, hands down, we both... You both agreed. We both agreed on the same place. Do you like provolone or cheese Whiz? 
Cheese, it's got to be Cheese Whiz. I like Cheese Whiz. Cheese Whiz is the original. Yeah. So I go to Forefathers. I've been there. Love it. Yeah. I it's get, good. I get cheese, cheese Whiz is good. Yeah. Now, if you go to Famous Phillies, they have this red sauce that they put on theirs. It's very interesting. Is it it's like good. A, is it like a red ranch, like going on like a beef no. and cheddar? No. It's, it's different. I don't know. And I have no idea what's in it. But... It's good. I love red ranch, and it and it's still good with uh, uh, cheese, the cheese whiz. Okay. Have you have you ever been to Famous Phillies? No. I check do, it I, out. I go to Forefathers. Uh, I you know what? Let me pause right there. There's a, this is one of Steph's guilty pleasures. She loves a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, she, you got to bring it there then. You know, it's right off of Arizona. You want to know what her favorite one Arizona. is right now? Because we don't have to drive far for it. Huh. Firehouse. No. But it, I know hers is provolone. Yeah. But still, have you had it? No. It's pretty good. No, I... I you're, you're married to your Italian sandwich just like I'm married to my brisket. So, yes, no, maybe so, but... Y- Okay, Chris, when when you you've been to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. What'd you eat there? I had the Wellington. You had the Wellington. If you went to a restaurant out here that made a Wellington, not Gordon Ramsay's Wellington, but a Wellington, could you be like, it's pretty damn good? I don't know, because I don't know anybody that makes a Wellington. I would try it. I'm not saying it's as good as like a forefathers or I'm, a Pat's or that's what, anything. That's like what I'm that. saying. Like if if you have a it, Pat's or a Geno's, because I can't, I'm, I'm never going to tell you which one it was. But I think I think you like Pat's. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that, I think that's hands, what I'm going to like hands down. But anyway, it's, it's still worth trying. But once you have that. And then you compare it to everything else. It's not the same. Right. It's kind of like eating at Gordon Ramsay's burger joint, right? You get a burger there and then you can't look at any other burger the same. But can we agree that Firehouse makes a good sandwich? Let's not call it a they, Philly. Let's yeah, just they call do it a make good sandwiches. They do. I, I don't know if I could ever eat their Philly because if it's not anything near like a, what Forefathers is like or Famous Phillies, I, I can't. Not. I can't. To me, it's a steak sandwich. Have you been the Witch Witch? Yes. Have you tried theirs? No, I get the French dip. I get the French dip and I haven't put crispy onions on it. Okay. I can't get away from that. See, theirs is pretty good too. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't had it. But I, my favorite one out here is going to be Forefathers. God, yeah. I love it. Yeah. With cheese whiz. Yeah, mm. that's good. I went with uh, with a dude who got a chicken Philly with provolone. And I looked at it was like, dude, you, <sighs> dude. That's an elbow to the face. Yeah, like I'm surprised they even have that on the menu. Yeah. Just goes to show it's you. It's not right. Yeah. But yeah, that you can get. When you do that, that you that's when you're at that place in the mall. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, actually, there is that one place, and their Philly cheesesteaks are pretty dang good. I like their chicken teriyaki because to me, that's not a Philly place; it's a sub shop. Charlie's 
Is that what they call those is things? Charlie's? They all have different names, but they guys they stand in front of it with the sandwich. They have it chopped into yep. bajillion pieces. Yep. Simple, 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 yes. simple. And like they damn near put it in your face and ask for a sample. It's like, dude, I was coming here anyway. You don't have to be so aggressive. You know, uh, they're I don't think they're using the same meat though. For no, they're Philly. probably using steakums, <laughs> if, if we're honest. Maybe at those places but anyway all i'm saying is that like i enjoyed the i i've never ordered it for myself like whenever you know steph orders one i always order her a large so that i can share with mm-hmm. myself <laughs> okay <laughs> that's what i do and then like mine i get a medium brisket and then i'll get her a large whatever anyway the Dodgers just lost. I hate it when I'm right. God, I hate it when I'm right. Now they got to go into Seattle. They're going to clinch. My guess was that they were going to clinch in the San Francisco series towards the end of next week. And then I've got um, my uncle who said they were going to clinch on the Detroit series, which is mid next week, early next week. Then I've got another uncle who says they're going to clinch this weekend in Seattle. Well, that ain't going to happen. I would like to see them clinch, you know, with Detroit. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But that's going to be a tall order. I said they were going to struggle against San Diego. They did. I predicted they would get swept in Seattle. That remains to be seen. I hope I'm wrong on that. Either way, they're going to win the West. I just, you know, get get your slumping out of the way now, guys. But I told you he was a Dodger killer. Anyway, it's a good sandwich. If you look at it like that, it's just a sandwich. It's not a Philly. It's a steak sandwich. It's tasty. You should try it. When you're, while you're at it, you should get the New York steamer. It's half pastrami, half uh, corned beef. I have a very difficult time getting away from the Italian and the uh, brisket. They make a really good Italian. Firehouse just does good stuff. So this yeah. is what we need to do. The Hook and Ladder's good too. Yeah, they, just, they do have good sandwiches. We need to go in there and we will order one steamer, one Italian, and we'll half them. You know, a steamer is just a bad name for a sandwich. It really is. I don't like saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate saying it. <laughs> but anyway, from Philly, <laughs> once we determine that Pat's has the better sandwich, I want to go up to Boston, and I want to go to some pubs. Oh, wait. If we go to Boston, we have to go to... Do you eat seafood? No. Damn it. Do you, but I'll Le- go with legal you. Legal seafood. Like, legal seafood's up there. They got a steak at a seafood joint. We'll go to your place. They serve clam chowder to the president on, uh, on inauguration day. You can get your clam chowder. I'll have a steak. I've had it before. It's amazing. Yeah, we'll take you there. But we got to go to some pubs. That's fine with me. To get some uh, some corned beef tacos and a Guinness. I probably won't have the, the Guinness, but I'll definitely eat the tacos. Yeah, you'll love the corned beef tacos at a pub. Oh, they're good. Um, I want to go to Ooh, New York. We do that. We should go for an Irish breakfast and get... Uh, I don't want haggis. Black and white. Um, what the hell's it called? Black and white. Black and white sausage. Potatoes. Sausage. Black and white. Blood sausage, sausage isn't it? 
Yeah, no, thank you. I'll have a black so and tan. It's good. You know what a black and tan is? Yeah, I do. It's where I take that beer and mix it with that beer. <laughs> Not really. You don't do a Sam Adams. You you need to get like a pale ale, mix it with a Guinness. But it all sounds so good, but it sure tastes like shit. <laughs> well, you don't have a taste for it, and that's okay. Just like I don't have a taste for your blood sausage. <laughs> it's so good, though. Why do they call it blood sausage? It truly has blood in there. Yeah. That's, that's why it's black. <sighs> it's good. Because, you know, once you cook blood, it turns dark. But well, isn't, like, blood blue until it hits oxygen? And then it turns red. Well, when you cook this, and then when it dies, it's black. I guess, like a scab. Scabs are black. So you mean is this a crunchy sausage? This is fucking gross. No, it's like a regular like breakfast sausage. Ugh. All right. It's actually pretty good. I I did it actually in Knoxville. You you have that. There's a there's a little Irish pub in Knoxville that I went to, and the. That sounds like having a Mexican restaurant in Knoxville. It yeah, just doesn't seem like it goes. <laughs> well, what's kind of funny is they also had a deep fried Twinkie there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that was damn good. You put pancake batter on anything in Tennessee and they deep fry it. Mm-hmm. Snickers, moon pies, Twinkies, like they Oreos, they will deep fry anything. Anything. I would too. It's just so good. Funnel cakes are pretty good, but it's basically the same thing. You just take the funnel cake batter instead of doing twisties and turnies. You just dip something in there and you fry it and put powdered sugar on it. Yeah. I wonder if heart disease is most prevalent in that part of the world. Although this deep fried Twinkie I was talking about, they didn't cover it. What? You just take the Twinkie and fry it. Oh. Yeah. No, that's disgusting. No, because then they put vanilla ice cream on there with some raspberry sauce. It was amazing. Ugh. It's not what you think. It was really good. Yeah, but it's a sponge cake. What's it going to do with all that grease? It is literally going to absorb it. It does, but they drained it. But it's still in there. A little bit. Yeah. It's so good, though. So there's this place. That outside gets crunchy. There's this place in Tompkinsville, Kentucky. I gotta tell you about this. Thompson, Tompkinsville, Tompkin. Where is that? Like an hour east of Bowling Green. Hour, hour twenty. East, east of Bowling Green. Okay. You know, probably about twenty minutes north of the Tennessee line, something like that. Twenty, thirty minutes, whatever. I'm guessing. Anyway, I know my Bowling Green. They deep fry burgers, and this place is so popular. On Saturday mornings, they have a line around the building. There's a. Place in Illinois that does it in Lake Zurich. So it's probably the same concept. I lived in Lake Zurich for like 36 hours, but that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> I remember it all too well. Um. <laughs> that's that is. Let's let's let, let's just head into something else. All right. They deep fry so, the burgers, okay, and they put like some kind of dressing on it, whatever the case. And like I, it always sounded disgusting to me. Then my you know, my brother, um, no, he was not there. He didn't go. He He's like me. He's like, fuck that. I ain't going. So Michael didn't go. But we have a friend, Jeremy. You know, we call him inbred. And if you ever met him, you'll know why. <laughs> we always ask him how the goats are doing. <laughs> we just tease him. He he go. He, he's married, has kids. Good dude. Great dude. 
but we got to tease them. We're, we're Californians in Kentucky. We fill out a place, and they let us know that we're city boys, and so we just call them inbred. Huh, okay. We insult them verbally. We insult their heritage. We say, yeah, our family tree looks like a tree. Yours looks like a stick. <laughs> it goes straight down. <laughs> Jesus. Well, he can take it because he can also dish it. You and him would actually <laughs> probably get along really well. <laughs> anyway, me, he took me to this place. On a night where we were going to go out for like a steak dinner. So this was like lunch, right? And he bought me a couple of them. I couldn't even make it through the first one. It was probably one of the most disgusting things I've ever had in my life. And if I had the name of it off the top of my head, I would have you look it up. I don't know. And let's see. It's almost midnight in Kentucky, so I'm not going to text Michael. I'll we'll, I'll send it to you off air so you can do some research. But that night, and mind you, I had like this is a small burger, like with a small bun, not not like a White Castle small, but like a like a grocery store hamburger bun. You know those small ones, like the Kroger brand. Yeah, I had about half of one. No breakfast, no fries, no snack in between. Like, immediately, my insides turned into my outsides. I felt so gross and so nasty. And we're supposed to go out for, like, a steak dinner and drinks <laughs> this night. We're literally on the way. I'm in the back of the car wondering if I have to tell them to pull over. Because I think it's me and uh, it's me, Michael, his wife. I think that was it. And I'm wondering, like, I might lose my lunch, literally. <laughs> I think I ordered food that night. Don't know that I picked at it or if I didn't eat anything at all. Pretty sure I didn't drink. And then afterwards, we were going to go to this. It's like a, I don't know what you call it. It's not, it's not even a honky tonk. Oh, you're smiling. You found it, didn't I you? I found it. What is it? It's called Hackney's. In Lake Zurich? In Lake Zurich. I was almost going to. I was almost going to have you text your wife, but, oh, it's permanently closed. Hagneys? Hack, H-A-C-K-N-E-Y-S. Sean wants to know if you remember Hackneys. All right, I sent her the text. Um, Tompkinsville, Kentucky. Let's see here. Deep fried burgers? Hackneys on the lake. Let's see. Dovies. D-O-V-I-E-S. I'll bet you they don't even have a website. Oh, my God, they have a website. Shawnee Boy. Well, it's a Facebook page. Look up Dovies, Tompkinsville. They have a picture of one of these things next to a bag of Funyuns. <laughs> In a Diet Coke. <laughs> it is a burger with a bite taken out of it next to a bag of open Funyuns and a Diet Coke. Look at that. <laughs> what the oh, hell? Oh, my gosh. There's the place. See the building? Oh, my. Oh, my. All right. Yeah, no, this place is a little bit different. That's how they're served to you. Just like that, they put the onion and the pickle on top of the what? bun. What? 
All right. I, I f- almost feel guilty saying this, but this is going to make sense to you. Just look at the picture. I'm not, we're not going to tell the audience what we're looking at, but just look at the picture. Oh, yeah. Makes perfect sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, and I, I guess they still sell RC Cola on tap. Really? Yeah. Read the Hackney Burger. The Hackney Original French Fried Onions. Oh, wait a minute. The famous Hackney Burger. Our special recipe ground exclusively for Hackney's for 80 years. Served on a Hackney's dark rye or bun. Both baked fresh daily in our own bakery. 8 ounce, fourteen ninety five with cheese. 8 ounce. So that's a pound. A pound 16. 16 ounces. Okay, so that's a half, half pound, pound burger. Yeah. But they may... Oh, so 16.4 ounce. 20. So Hackney's is... It's it, it's a... Not not like what you were showing. It's There's tablecloths on top of their tables. And <laughs> Dude, I know we have listeners in Tompkinsville, Kentucky. I, I, I love you guys. You are some of the best people on the face of this planet, salt of the earth. But please go to town and get a burger elsewhere. Thank me later. Go try a Five Guys. You know, get a burger in Old Charlie's or Chili's. Or if you're ever down this way, go to In-N-Out. You will thank me later. Get get a double-double. Thank me later. Or Whataburger. Whataburger's pretty good, too. You, you don't have to subject yourselves to this food that you guys love so much. There's other things out there than Dubby's. <sighs> I think we just lost okay. like four listeners. Okay, so let, let's let's move on. Let's talk about something else. Okay. Um, Some big news has happened in the last 24 hours. Last 24 hours? Yes. Okay. What happened? Do you know? I'm trying to think. Involves something you love so very much. Baseball? No. Football? Mm-mm. Wrestling? Yes. Oh, you're talking about TKO. Yes, TKO. Yeah. And uh, um, and and Uncle wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So we can <laughs> say Dana White is no longer president of the UFC. No, he's still president of the UFC. That's his title. Mm-mm. They just fall under a different umbrella now. Oh, he's no longer going to be the president of the UFC. What's he going to be the president of? He's going to be the CEO. CEO. Yeah. Same same thing. It, and that's exactly what he said. But it's a tease. It's a tease to get people what he's what? Right? Yeah. But yeah, he's now going to be CEO of UFC. He's still running UFC. He's still doing the same shit. He goes in his words, he said, "I don't give a shit what you call me. I'm still doing the same damn thing." So he's like, whether it's three letters or whether it's president, he's like, I don't really give a shit. We're still going to be kicking ass like we always do. He's so funny. He's, you know, I love his honesty. Yeah. I really do. Um, Actually, we could have a great conver- long conversation, which we're going to have to do another time. Yeah, we'll have a bio on Dana. We do need to talk about him because he got hooked up with the doctor. I don't know if you know about all this. The, the his, one that did the cleanse on him? His he saved his life yeah. basically. Um, he doesn't have to use a CPAP machine anymore. Correct. Yeah, 
Um, and and we could just as well work he's, with this guy as well. He's pretty ripped. Have you seen him with the shirt off? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's he, well, he's back. healthy. Yeah. He's healthy. He's he's the weight he should be. Yeah, like he doesn't look like a bodybuilder, but right. like he's got you know, he looks like he does on the on the game we have here. Where I use him. Fuck that game. <laughs> anyway, continues your story, the, sir. Well, I, we have him on the UFC game, and he kind of looks like that. Now he looks like a boxer. Yeah. He really does. He, He's in shape. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I thought it was quite interesting. I, within the last 24 hours, the deal went through where the UFC and the WWE is now one. Well, they're one, but they operate separately. It's one, one company, two umbrellas. Two umbrellas, yes. And they're, you know, they opened on Wall Street today under the banner TKO. Yeah, and I guess it's like 104 bucks or something like 102, that. 102, I think. Yeah, somewhere around like, there. Something yeah. like that. Um, but are you going to buy? No. No? No. Too young. But I wish I'd have bought WWE when they went public. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because with the acquisition, that would that would have paid healthily. Yeah. So do you know what uh, Vince's title is going to be? Uh, he's, I think, one of the executive board members. Yeah, executive chairman of the board. Yeah. He owns 16% of the company. Yeah. So and then he he made out like a bandit. He doesn't have controlling interest anymore, which is the first time ever, ever. <laughs> yep. But considering his age, should he? I mean, for fuck's sake. I mean, the guy's done it for so long. Maybe retirement. And I don't think he could ever retire. Honestly, I really don't unless he's not physically able to walk and talk. Well, the guy works out like a beast. Like I, Triple H says it all. Paul Levesque, his son-in-law, Triple H, the yeah. wrestler, um, says it all the time. He can outwork him out in the gym when he was going to the gym. Of course, Triple H had um, he had a heart disease, so he had to slow down. And you can see it. He's he's pretty thin. Like he he's not bulky like he used to be. He'll he'll never wrestle again. He had to he had to hang that up. Hmm. He, it was just some kind of uh, hereditary heart issue that he had. Like he. Almost had a widowmaker, I guess, is what it came down to. And he had to have a... Oh, I kind of remember yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but when they he was working out, when he was all thick and wrestling, you know, he would say it all the time. He's like, Vince can outwork me in the gym and he can outwork me in the office. And I heard he's the cleanest guy there is. Triple H? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, eats clean. Yeah. No steroids, nothing like nothing. that. Nothing. Yeah, he was clean as could be. Yeah, somebody tried to say he was on steroids because I guess he got, you know, he was, you know, like when they cycle, mm-hmm. you go from muscle to chub. He he had a chub moment. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and uh, I thought you were going to say he had a chubby. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a moment in his career where you can tell he, you know, he wasn't chubby, but like his waist wasn't there. He was traveling with Ric Flair all the time. Woo! So I would imagine Ric Flair probably made him have some fun. 
And he probably had a little bit of fun with Ric Flair because it's Ric Flair. It was his favorite wrestler. And anyway, he got back into shape. But they had they had the uh, the um the wellness policy in place when all this happened. That wellness policy is managed by an outside organization. They have doctors, you know. They have you know piss tests. They have, they do all that stuff. Yeah. So he was not <laughs> going to get away with steroids in 2005. He just wasn't because you remember the trial in the 90s that WWE had. Mm-hmm. Steroids? Yeah, no, not going to happen. Anyway, what I don't like <laughs> is how McMahon is kind of forced because he was forced to retire because of the whole sexual allegations or whatever. Turns out like he, you know, he didn't do anything illegal, anything like that. Immoral, different story because he was married to Linda and, you know, he liked to screw around with people. Probably not a smart idea to sleep with your employees when you're a married billionaire. Right. Um, I guess he paid them hush money, but he paid the hush money out of his own pocket. So, not illegal. Although it does kind of sound like prostitution. Unless you film it. Then, it's a video. Yeah. There you go. You can pay someone, but you just have to film it. That, then it's not prostitution. Huh. Anyway, in the... You know, Love the law. <laughs> yeah, in the eyes of the law, he did not do anything wrong. In the eyes of his family, probably not so much. Uh, he came back to the company. Now, while he was gone, one of the things that people have complained about over the last few years, because Vince McMahon, is a, he has been a genius in that industry. Yeah. Well, he definitely took his dad's company and turned it into something a lot different. Yeah. And he got that thing sold for how many billions of dollars? Mm-hmm. But anyway, if from a creative standpoint, times are different. Right. I like the way that creativity used to be with that product. Yes. Today, I don't like watching it today. I do because, you know, why do people watch soap operas? Because they do. So I still watch it. I'll still go to the live events. And I like the bigger live events because you'll usually see somebody, you know, nostalgic. Those years are running down because I start looking at like the nostalgia acts like the Kevin Nash's, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know, people like that. And I mean, they are. They're getting up there. They're old men. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ric Flair's got no business doing what he's doing, but he had a match last year. That's crazy. It's stupid. Like. The, the world of pro wrestling has lost a lot of respect for Ric Flair because of some you of the things that You know what's sad, doing. though? I'm going to be a Ric Flair. Work until you die? I'm going to... I have no choice. Well... So, there's some people... You'll have to work, but here's There's the thing. some people that'll just have to work in order to be able to put food on the table. I'm not saying that's Ric Flair's problem no his problem is he doesn't want to let go of it probably not i mean he has ex-wives and he's got bills out the wazoo but he can make money in the wrestling industry without wrestling yeah you know they had him on a what kind of contract they call they called a legends contract he makes appearances does some television stuff some charity stuff and i don't know you know it's rick flair they probably paid him what the name Ric Flair was worth, if that makes sense. Um, 
But, you know, you, you, with that, there's oversight. I know that Kevin Nash, I think, opted out of his Legends contract his last run because now he's got a podcast and he can speak freely on it. But, you know, he, he never trash talks anybody or, sure. you know, like in terms well, of WWE people. He'll trash talk that shit out of some AEW people. Or he'll trash talk people that won't necessarily get him in hot water. And every now and again, he crosses, I think, the, you know, the line of what he should or shouldn't say. And, you know, he'll reel it in. But either way, he can do that podcast because here's the thing. Some of the stories that he tells are, you know, of illegal activities that he did when he was in the business in the 90s. A lot of pill popping, a lot of drinking, a lot of, you know, marijuana smoking, a lot of partying, just... Well, yeah. I'm sure. And he'll tell those stories. If he was under a Legends contract, you know that, you know, Vince would be like, nah, yeah. you're not going to put my company in that battle light. Anyway, the creativity today is just, it's, if you ask somebody, I would say 35 and up, they're probably not happy with the product. But if you ask anybody under 35, they love it. You know what I mean? So while I'll go in all shit on the product, you've got the, you know, the people who they've been watching it. They were probably kids during what's called the ruthless aggression era, like when John Cena first came out. When those people were kids, they grew up with that, and now they're into that next generation. John Cena still comes around sometimes. They probably love the product. I just don't. And a lot of the reason I don't is because some of the directions that Vince McMahon took it. Now, when he had to step down, and we've talked about this on this podcast, Triple H took over creative control of the company, and it turned around. It was actually an enjoyable product to watch. But then you can start to see Vince's fingerprints again. And sure enough, like Vince, even though he said in an interview when he was with Ari, I think on that one show where they announced the merger, he said he would... uh, you know, he would oversee from afar, but he wouldn't get into the weeds like he once did. But then the very next day on a Monday Night Raw, he was literally doing some of the old bullshit he used to do where he's like changing the show during the show. <laughs> you know, like during the commercial break, I guess they had Seth Rollins out there and he they he comes out there and he, they show him a script and he, you know, angrily like walks away and that segment never happened. So for the live crowd, they're like, OK, what happened? television crowd never got to see that because it all happened during a break that's the stuff that's going to start happening again with vince involved now triple h is no longer on the board of directors he was on the board of directors with wwe and about a month ago maybe he got removed which was expected Mm -hmm. he's still you know head of creative talent relations etc so he still has the same job, but how much of it is he really doing? Because let's not forget, he is the son-in-law to Vince McMahon. Yeah. Vince McMahon could just say, hey, son, do this. I'm curious to see what happens. So they're saying that Lawrence Epstein remains the senior executive vice president and chief operating officer of the UFC. Um, according to a release from TKO, while Nick Khan... Continues at WWE in the role of president. Yeah. Um, who's Nick Khan? Uh, he was a television guy. Okay. But uh, he came on board and he, when Vince McMahon stepped down, he and Stephanie McMahon, 
because Stephanie McMahon pretty much retired. She's like, okay, I've been doing this forever. She kind of saw the writing on the wall. They knew they were going to sell it. She wanted to go be a mom. Because, I mean, her kids are, you know, she's got, I think, one kid in high school, you know, and then, you know, her other two kids are not as young as they used to be. You know what I mean? She wanted to go be a mom. She resigned from the company. Then the Vince drama happened. And then all of a sudden, like a month later, she has to come out of her resignation literally to become the CEO. I remember that. So she's, you know, they needed a McMahon. So you got Stephanie up there, and she's squeaky clean as a whistle. And then you got Nick Khan, who's got the business savvy. And then you got Triple H, who has the operational experience. So Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, they were the co-CEOs. And then Triple H was running the television product and then the... I think Jeff Jarrett at the time, I think, was running the live shows. And Jeff Jarrett's moved on. He's now, I think, at uh, AEW. So, yeah. So Nick Khan continues as WWE in the role of president. The TKO board of directors will be led by Vince McMahon as executive chairman of the board and consists of 11 members, including Endeavor boss Ari Emanuel. Yeah. So Dana, he said, I'm excited about the future and what we're going to do. That's what White said at the UFC Contender Series press conference. Um, He said, and I always am regardless, but this merger, we're just so much more powerful than we were yesterday. Everything that goes on here, I determine nothing's changed. We're going to kick ass like we do every single year, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. He says that, but who's in charge of the board of the company that owns his company? Vince McMahon. No, well... I mean, Ari is still the guy. He's the number one guy because Ari is the CEO of Endeavor. So Lawrence Epstein is the senior executive vice president and chief operating officer, but Dana White's now going to be the... CEO for the UFC yeah. part of TKO. But the oversight, there's a ladder to it. And like it starts with Ari, but right underneath Ari at TKO, who runs the board? You know, here's the thing though Vince isn't going to mess with them because they're making money hand over fist. You would you, think. You know what I wonder though? I wonder how much. Does Vince take care of his people health-wise? Like, you're talking about like health insurance, things like that? Yeah. Did he take care of his people? Did he pay them well? Yeah, they're paid well now. And they have like insurance and retirement money, all that kind of shit, right? You know any of that part of the business? I do, and it's not an easy answer for you. The reason why I say is because you know the UFC shit for that, right? And, and Jake Paul's the person that's really calling them out, saying they they need to take care of their fucking people better. Here, let me give you a brief overview. So uh, I, I, the, the reason why I'm saying this is I wonder if, if Vince took a little bit better care of his wrestlers, is he going to look at how Dana's running the UFC and go, I think we need to help them out a little bit more. So back in the the heydays of pro wrestling, talking independent circuits and then like the early days of WWE, there was no such thing. They, they weren't employees. They were independent contractors. Yeah. Okay. 
So it's they weren't on payroll. They would get their downside guarantee back in like the 80s and 90s. And when I say 90s, I'm going to say pre-96. So like 90 to 95. Their downside guarantee for a television appearance was 50 bucks. 5-0. A $50 bill. That was their downside guarantee. So if they just showed up for television, here's 50 bucks. And they had these syndicated shows. One was called Superstars. One was called Challenge. They didn't have Raw, um, SmackDown, anything like that. Um, eventually, Raw came, I want to say, 93. And so it wasn't like a pay-per-view payoff. It was still like a television payoff, but I mean, I think that the guarantee went up to like 225 bucks or something like that. You show up for TV, you got 225 bucks. On the house shows, they did not have a downside guarantee for house shows. It's like if you're traveling, everything's out of your pocket. The rental car, the food, the hotel. Bigger venues had catering, sure. Um, but like when you're on the road, you're, you know, you're looking for a Waffle House or a Denny's at, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning because you're traveling. Hard traveling. But where they got paid is they used to do three different tours at one time on the WWE side. You had the A, the a team, which was led by Hulk Hogan. When they were touring, he was a champion. Anybody on the A card... Love being on the A card because they got the draw percentage of the house. Okay? Hmm. So ticket sales, things like that. They they get a piece of the gate on the house shows. Pay-per-views. And there was not as many pay-per-views back then. But like you can get, you know, I would say a mid-card talent on a pay-per-view show, probably get about six grand. But you're only doing those about every three months. So the house shows is where you made your money because you get a piece of the gate. And if you were on Hogan's card, you're going to places like Madison Square Garden, Los Angeles Sports Arena, things like that. Big houses, big ticket sales. The B shows, you're still going to bigger markets, but you know they're not like Los Angeles, New York. We're talking like the Midwest. So if you're on the B show while the A show is touring like the big arenas, usually led by the Intercontinental Champion. And like the Intercontinental Champion during Hogan's run, um, a lot of times you had Ultimate Warrior. Uh, you had um, Rick Rude was in was in on that. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Bret Hart. He was in on that. Um, a couple others. In, if I thought of them, I would remember. But th- those, those guys... Going to smaller arenas, still drawing, still selling out, but your payday at, you know, say Bush Arena in St. Louis isn't going to be what your payday is at Madison Square Garden in New York. Um, like in the 80s, you'd probably have that show run by Randy Savage and you know it's going to sell out. But like in the 90s, you're looking at like Mr. Perfect's Bret Hart's things like that, not as big. And then you had your C crowd. Your C crowd is people that you would see on TV like those syndicated shows, but you're not going to get a champion. Every now and again, you might get the tag champions, and that would be your main event. But for the most part, you're getting mid-card and under-talent, and you're going to places like basketball arenas on college campuses. Mm. Very, very small. And those aren't selling out. 
So that's how that's how everybody got paid. Didn't have health care or anything like that. Now, if you were a bigger star, like I'm talking about mid-card and above, you I'm sure the company helped take care of you. Now, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. You've heard of those Razor Ramon and Diesel? Yep. Those guys were top talent at WWE in 95. Top talent. Scott Hall was traditionally going to be your Intercontinental Champion, and Diesel through 95 was your heavyweight champion. He was not the biggest drawing heavyweight champion they ever had, but like that wasn't necessarily his fault. The 90s, the mid-90s, you're coming off the steroid trial. Okay, so like business is down. But, you know, the television crowd was still good and people people loved him. He had good merchandise sales. Okay? But he's, you know, he's a cartoon character at best because you had a lot of those occupational gimmicks as characters, you know. They're a tow truck driver, they're a hockey player, they're, you know, a garbage man, whatever. Business sucked. They didn't want to leave WWE, but they wanted to make more money, and WCW was offering them guaranteed contracts. Guaranteed monies, right? Right. They're, they, well, they were paying out way more than they can afford, but they had Ted Turner's bank account. Exactly. So they moved over to WCW, which was a lesser product because the schedule was lighter and the money was guaranteed. They also had something called Favored Nations. So if they if WCW signed another talent from WWF at the time mm-hmm. and they were being signed for money that was more than what Hall and Nash were making, Favored Nations would bring them up. So they were guaranteed to make as much. The only difference to that rule was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan had the Hulk Hogan contract. And where Hulk Hogan revolutionized the business is he had merchandise in there. He had a piece of his merchandise. That's important to remember because in a minute, remember Steve Austin. Yes. Okay, so now it turns into a war between the two companies because Hall and Nash did something that was revolutionary in terms of storytelling is they made it more reality-based. That's where the NWO came to play. Then New York starts doing the same thing. WWF, now they're being more reality-based. You got Degeneration X, Steve Austin, The Rock. They're over-the-top characters, but it's reality-driven storylines. The only time you get out of that is like when you have like the Undertakers and whatnot of that. But like it's no longer cartoon and gimmicks. Okay? Eventually, McMahon catches up, passes them, because I think it was 83 weeks in a row they lost the television ratings. Once they passed them, they never really looked back. One year... Steve Austin made in t-shirt sales. Or this wasn't even a year. This was a quarter. Jim Ross handed Steve Austin a check. His cut of the t-shirt sales. And it was almost $1.2 million. That was a percentage of the t-shirt sales. Could you imagine what Vince was making? That did not include the house money from, um, you know, the house shows. It didn't include the gate money to the pay-per-views. It didn't include the buyout because um, WrestleMania, those big events right there, the upper end of that card, you can get a payday upwards of like 40, 50 grand. 
I think Steve Austin's biggest pay-per-view payout was a quarter of a million dollars. $250,000 for one show because of not just the gate, but the pay-per-view buys. That's why when the network came out, people hated the network because pay-per-view in a way. They got a big piece of that. That's another podcast. Okay. So if you're a Undertaker or a Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, if you're somebody of that caliber, you're making more than a million dollars a year. Okay? Well, 1.2 million for uh, t-shirt sales is per quarter. That would be nice. Yeah. Austin, I think, his net worth, I think he's somewhere around probably 40 million. I think that's where his net worth kind of stacked out around. Undertaker, I think, is is up there. Brock Lesnar's got a beautiful contract today. Um, you know, he works like a handful of dates and he makes a couple million bucks. But now they've got the contract with the Saudis. And Shawn Michaels came out of retirement for that show for one match. I think that one match he made two million bucks. One match. Because the contract with the Saudis is ridiculous money. Huh. But anyway. Today, comparatively speaking to like yesterday, they're on guaranteed contracts. And it really depends on the talent and what they're bringing in. But they've got these obnoxious television deals with Fox and the USA Network. Um, Ticket sales, things like that don't really amount to nothing. They still get the merchandise sales. So I would imagine that a lot of the top talent are making decent money and the mid-card talent are probably making decent money too but if you're still like a curtain jerker or you know somebody like that you know you might be making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year which is good money but you know it ain't 1.2 million dollars a quarter in t-shirt sales yeah now as far as their health is concerned there was a time they did not have health care. And that was as recent as, I want to say, 2013, 2014. Today, I think they can buy into it, but it's not company supplied. But there's a marketplace that they can go, and I don't know if they get an incentive or whatever the case is. But if somebody gets hurt on a show, if somebody's wrestling and they like they, they break a leg or something like that, company's going to pay for that surgery yeah. because they got her at the show. 50 years ago, not so much. So that was a long-winded freaking question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious how, how things will pan out here in the future. Yeah, It'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens with the UFC. Well, Dana's an alpha male and Vince is an alpha male. And the difference between the two now is Vince now has somewhat of authority over him. If I'm curious to see what happens with that, because Dana is not a person that is going to stay quiet. He will speak his mind, and he is not afraid of Vince McMahon. A lot of people in the wrestling world were afraid of Vince McMahon. Well, honestly, though, here's the thing with Dana is that what he's done has worked. Yep. And he's made a lot of money. He's made his bosses a lot of money. And he's continually growing the UFC. 
So he modeled a lot of that after wrestling, if you ask me, because he started pretty damn close. Yeah, he, he started doing a lot of the promotional material like they do in wrestling. I just don't see how that this merger is going to make anything better. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't either. But I, mean, I don't know that it's going to make it worse. I don't know that it changes anything. I don't think it's it. really going to change much. Maybe it'll change stuff on the WWE side because Vince had his way and now he We're will about ha- he'll have an opinion, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean it'll be his way. I think we're about to see how loyal Ari is to Dana. What do you mean by that? Because if Vince crosses a line with Dana. or he's Oh, Dana's going to tell him to go kick sand. And if Vince goes and cries to Ari, whose side is he going to take? Because you would think that Vince here's, and Dana would be equals. They're so really here's, not. here's what I would do in that situation. Dana's proven himself. So it's Vince. I understand. But Dana's proven himself in, in the UFC. Right. Vince doesn't have... He's proven himself in the wrestling world, but he has failed in the sports world. Right. And that's where and that's where I would say he's he's been modeling amazing work since the UFC's been started. Yeah. Why mess with somebody who's got the right chemistry? I almost wonder if they're going to have less car. Well. That's kind of unfair to say because you look at the content that WWE's putting out there now. You know, you used to have, you know, a couple shows a week, you know, a pay-per-view, you know, every three months and then turned into a pay-per-view a month. But now there seems like there's wrestling on every day of the week. I I just, I, I don't know. I UFC is the real deal and it's a lot of ass kicking, right? Uh, WWE is a different kind of ass kicking. Well, yeah, you're ass kicking every single day, whereas it, it, like a Conor McGregor, he fights once or twice a year. Yeah, but it's it's storylined, right? Where UFC yeah. is not storylined. UFC is just it is what it is. Yeah. It's raw. It, it's unfiltered. A promoter puts a fight together. Yeah, basically. They market that fight, and they sell that fight. And like you look at the Khabib Conor fight, the Conor Cowboy fight, right? You know, the Poirier you know, Connor fights, uh-huh. things like that. Like they, they do strong marketing in those and they are, they're very, very successful. You don't go to a lot of bars and not see poster or promotional material for a UFC fight. Right. You don't see promotional material for WWF, but WWF obviously has the better television deals because UFC, this is where I think people don't realize this. Vince kind of put pay-per-view on the map. Pay-per-view's always been a thing, but Vince took it and he showed the world how to do it. And that's how, you know. Maybe that maybe that's the benefit to UFC is the television. Is that they now will be able to knock on those doors and be like, hey, if you you're you're televising WWE, can we get the contender series on there? So they don't have to put it on ESPN. Right. Maybe. I'm just trying to see what's the angle in <laughs> what's the angle? I don't know, but what do you think Contender would do on, say, like if it was on, it ain't going to be on like an NBC. Let's say if it was on like a Paramount 
or a spike fox or something. I I can't see it on Spike. I I can't see. I don't think Spike would have the funds to be able to do that. I I think FX could do well with it because you would have to go to a place with no language parameters because they're very explicit in their language. True. And there's blood. You know, like WWE is even weird about yeah, showing but Fox blood. Sports. They do boxing and stuff like that. I mean, that's it's potential. But, but they bleep out the language, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm like you. I'm curious. I don't see how it hurts it or helps it. Yeah, I'm, I, it's the same thing with a different stock code. I'm very curious. Six months to a year from now. To see what what the changes are, because I'm, I'm sure there's going to be changes somehow in some way. You'd think. I just part of me wants to see Vince go after Dana just to, so I can see what Dana does. Because <laughs> Vince McMahon, he's one of those, he, he, you know. He is used to doing what he wants when he wants and just saying something has to happen and somebody has to do uh-huh. exactly what he wants. How is Vince McMahon going to do in a place where he is not majority control holder? Well, he doesn't run day to day. So it's really, it's just when you're board of directors, people are just coming to you saying, this is what the outcome's going to be for the year or quarterly. This is going to be the quarterly outcome. What was it when we were in Missouri and you were interested in going into business. And there was a potential partner in this business. Do you remember what Steve's advice was? Oh. In regards to... There, well, he gave me a lot of advice. But one of the biggest thing was you want to be the only one in control or you want to have the majority of control. Yes. He doesn't like 50-50. And he doesn't like minority control. Yes. I feel like Vince McMahon was probably the same way. But now he's he's a minority. 16%. How old is he? Late 70s, I think. 80s? 80? I don't right. know. That's a good question. I should Even know. if it's late 70s. Hey, right? Siri, how old is Vince McMahon? Even if it's late 70s, he, the guy's got to slow down. Yeah. And this is his opportunity. And I think that's why he's, he was selling to a point, right? Because it, it, it was time. 78. Um, from a creative standpoint over in WWE, Triple H proved that he can do it. And the job didn't make him sick. Right. A heart issue that was handed down <laughs> to him from his ancestors is what caused him to get sick. It wasn't stress. So Triple H is back now. He just can't physically wrestle, but he can still do all the, the other, you know, things of his job. And he proved to do a really, really good job without Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Then Vince McMahon came in, and now you 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 kind of see his fingerprint on things, and you see how it affects talent. It's it's almost it, it's gotten demoralizing. Whereas in the '90s, Vince was one of the boys. Like he was, he was one of the boys and, you know, he was on the plane with these guys. He was, you know, traveling the roads the same as they were. And then, you know, eventually he kind of, you know, he turned into a corporate businessman and separated himself from his talent, probably did the things he should have been doing all along anyway. 
Well, apparently not because he was still sleeping with his interns, but <laughs> um, he won't. He would only have like a relationship with his top talent, and he was starting to treat the talent, you know, like they were what they were. They were expendable, and a lot of them were. But nobody wants to be treated that way. You know what I mean? It's like you're booked on a show one one day, and the next thing you know, you're just being cut. It got to a point where it's like. Once a year, you know there's just going to be massive cuts. And some of them didn't even make sense. Anyway, he he lost he lost the magic of what was Vince McMahon. He just turned into a shrewd business guy. Clearly a genius well, at it. <clears throat> when when you're public, you have to you have to appease the board. Right. Hi, Lizzie. She ain't in yet. I heard the door. Hi, Lessie. I would say you want to try something. We really don't have anything. Anyway. All right, Mister. I'm getting tired. Yeah, same. Did what? What'd you think of dinner? That was very good. That uh, it was very interesting. It was very good. Not what I expected at all. So what I did was we did a Trader Joe's dinner. I fed this guy on less than 15 bucks. It's $14 and some change. Enchiladas, a bag of chips, and a jar of salsa. And to go with it, we also tried the new carne asada from Chipotle. Got one taco each of there. Uh, ouch. I really like the carne asada. Had a different kick to it. Yeah, the carne asada is good. And it felt like it was a higher quality meat than like their traditional steak is because they still had the other steak. It was like a dollar cheaper. But, you know, that stuff, it, it, to me, it's like they use sirloin for that and they use ribeye for this. Well, whatever, they have to marinate that for some time. So I guess that's what that extra dollar's for. I guess. But no, it was really good. Um but the Trader Joe's dinner, it was green chicken enchiladas with chips and salsa. Green chicken enchiladas, I'm a fan of. Those things were ridiculous. Would you eat them again? Absolutely. Uh, Hand, hands down. Yeah. Final review, there is about two-thirds of a Guinness in a glass, and I'm going to dump down a sink. Uh, there is all but one drink of a Boston lager. I'm going to dump down a sink. And there's probably about three quarters of an Oktoberfest I'm going to dump down a sink. So <laughs> this was not the most interesting of choices for reviews, but I wanted to try it. And uh, I don't know, I think we need to talk about this uh, TKO thing again going into the future because I think, you know, hopefully we see some some good news coming out of it and we don't talk about the bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what changes happen. It'll be it'll definitely be interesting. I hope some of it benefits the people that are doing the work. Yeah. Well, by the time this uh, show airs, we will have been to a Chicago game against oh. the Diamondbacks. Oh, yeah, that's happening so, this weekend. Yeah, next time we talk, we got to kind of give an update on baseball. Maybe the Dodgers have pulled their heads out of their ass. Hopefully the Cubs will do the same. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to do another one? I yes, sir. We, I think we just said we did. Yep. All right, well. Tell in, ladies and germs. We are the Two Loose Screws. This is the Two Loose Screws podcast. That is Sean and I am Chris. 
and we're out. <laughs>